This podcast is brought to you by Anchor.fm, an easy and free way to get your podcast journey started. Whether you have been recording for years or you're looking for a place to start, Anchor FM is the way to go to get your podcast on all platforms. Click the link in the bio to get started. Top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. Hold on. Thank you for tuning in to Top of the Morning, where we talk about sports and a whole lot more. I am Cameron, your host. Today, I am joined by my third guest on the podcast, longtime friend, and I guess a sports enthusiast, David Yamo. David, my man, what's going on? Hey, man, I appreciate you having me today, boss. Of course. So this time, it's not for an interview, but as another personality to dive into the recent news of Eric Bieniemy and his transition from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Washington Commanders, which was an interesting move, if I had to say. Um, I got a lot of thoughts about it. I'm sure you got a lot of thoughts about it. So I'm glad that you joined me today so we can kind of break it down in our own little way um, and just, you know, give our opinions on it. For sure. A lot of the same things we've been talking about for the last few years. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we dive into that, I just have a couple updates that I want to get into. XFL capped off their first week of the 2023 season this past weekend. And there's a big movie coming out called Sweetwater based off Nat Sweetwater Clifton, who was the first African-American to sign an NBA contract. That's going to come out on April 14th, and that's going to be played by a guy named Bobby Portis. I'm sure everybody knows who he is. <laughs> yeah. Milwaukee Bucks, quote-unquote legend. Uh, Brittany Griner signed a one-year deal. She's back in WNBA after her 10-month detainment over in Russia. And there's a new season of Bel Air premiering on Peacock February 23rd. So that's all for the updates. Um, and now to get into the nitty-gritty and the important things that is Eric Bieniemy. So first things first, what you think? I mean, honestly, I I, I hated I hated seeing it. Uh, I, I didn't like seeing him. It didn't turn out to be a lateral move, right? They say it's a promotion and title, yeah. contract yeah. structure. Quote-unquote, yeah. Yeah, a multi-year salary raise. So, yeah. you know, anytime you know, a man gets a salary raise to take better care of his family, it's a good thing, I guess. But yeah. I don't like seeing the coach of the most potent offense of the last five years uh, have to take a lateral position. Uh, yeah. Not be the head man at a, at a franchise. It doesn't make too much sense to me. Right. <clears throat> right. And you think, because you hear a lot of stuff about, you know, Andy Reid casts a shadow. Um, Eric Bieniemy is not really the guy calling the plays. He has so much firepower on offense. He doesn't really have to do much. But, I mean, even though you have – the skills on the offensive side of the ball, even though you have Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, things of that nature, you still have to put them in the best positions to mm-hmm. succeed. And you still have to call the right plays in order to, you know, make it work. So, I mean, yeah, Patrick Mahomes can do all these great things. Travis Kelsey can basically do whatever he wants. He gets open at any time. And they lost Tyreek. And, you know, everybody said they lost Tyreek and they weren't going to do anything after that. And then they ended up going and winning the Super Bowl without him. I... It just feels like the goalposts are moving um, mm-hmm. because that that was never a problem. You know, working with talented quarterbacks never seemed to hurt any other coach, right? Like, right. Um, you know, uh, the Broncos coach from last year, he got hired from the quarterback's coach from Green Bay. Mm-hmm. He didn't coach Aaron Rodgers all throughout. He got recently hired by the Packers, spent some time with Aaron Rodgers, and that earned him other opportunities. So mm-hmm. I don't know why that's hurting Eric Bieniemy. Um, you know, not to mention other – Andy Reid assistants who didn't call plays, Brad Childress uh, back in Philly, um, Matt Nagy. You know, I watch a lot of Bears as, as a Justin Fields fan, and um, Matt Nagy 
something short of a terrorist. Uh, yeah. He was a terrible play caller. <laughs> Maybe the worst play caller I've ever seen. And yeah. I had to watch Joe Judge call plays uh, and Matt Patricia last year. Yeah. Uh, Doug Peterson's another one. Yeah. Um, yeah. He, I, he, I think he called plays for like a 10-game stretch. Uh, they're at the end of one of those seasons, and that got him a head coaching job um, for, for, for the Eagles. So it's just not criteria that other coaches have to meet, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, one of the biggest things that comes out of it is, okay, it, now is it a race issue? You see guys who have head coaching jobs. You see guys like Jeff Saturday, who's never coached it down in the NFL, get a head coaching job, now, even though it was interim. It still was a head coaching job, mm-hmm. and Eric Bieniemy wasn't even looked at, um, or he was interviewed without the intention of being hired. You know, so that is also something that we have to look at because I mean, it, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't pose it as a race issue if they didn't implement that rule saying, hey, when you're going through a hiring process, you have to hire or you have to interview mm-hmm. a minority coach. You know, that just raised a lot of red flags. So. Um, even yeah, assistant head coach now, um, still office coordinator, and now on a terrible team. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. so so if he fails with whoever the commanders quarterback is going to be next year, mm-hmm. then it's going to hurt him. Yeah, and that that to, to me that's that's just that's just kind of ridiculous. Um, I think like if you look at just offensive coaches in the Super Bowl, right? Uh, I mean, shoot, Shane Steichen, the OC for the Eagles. He just got a job, right? He's yeah. a Colts, Colts job. Yeah. Um, the Rams OC, um, Kevin O'Connell. Or not not the Rams. Uh, who was he the OC for? Kevin O'Connell. Um, he just got hired the next year, though, as the Vikings coach. Mm-hmm. He was an OC. Um, Mike McDaniels at the time, he wasn't even an official OC. He was considered the run game coordinator for the Rams. And that got him a job. I mean, yeah. I guess they say he's he could, they consider him to be one of the black coaches in the NFL. Yeah. So I guess to me, there's three point two five, three three and a quarter black coaches with yeah. him being the quarter. Right. Right. Uh, if you want to give him that. Right. Um, so it, it's just you don't want to go. You know, obviously, like when somebody doesn't get a subjective job, you don't want to like first thing and be like, oh, it's because he's black. But right. What I don't understand. What else could it be? Possibly. Yeah, so and that was my thing, too. And so I said to myself, okay, let me go back and look at the history of Eric Bieniemy through his entire coaching career, not just with the Chiefs, but, you know, he coached in college as well for mm. a few years. So digging back, so, you know, he played at Colorado. He was a running back for Colorado, and then he got drafted and played a couple years in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was officer coordinator at Colorado for two years, and in those two years he went 4-21. Uh, and 21. So, but Colorado is historically Colorado. bad since the nineties. Yeah. yeah, they've been a really bad school. I mean, yeah. they're with Dion going there. They're going to be a much, hopefully, a much better talent and a much better uh, threat in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. They did have a year um, when Philip Lindsay was there um, at running back that they were ranked, and I think they had like a ten and two season or something like that. Mm. But other than that. You know, they've just been historically bad. And so, no matter how good a coach is, if you don't have the firepower to go with it, you don't have the personnel to really execute what you're calling, it doesn't matter. Um, and so, you look at that. He joined the Chiefs um, as an office coordinator in 2018. 
uh, from 2013 to 2018, he was the Chiefs running back coach. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he became the Chiefs OC in 2018. Um, over those five years, from 2018 to now, he averaged third in total points, averaged second in total yards at the end of the season. So it, when you look at that, and he didn't have Patrick Mahomes the whole five years he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, before that, it was uh, Matt Castle. Um, so Alex Smith. Uh, Matt so, Castle, Alex Smith. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you look at that. I think you know the resume speaks for itself. Yeah. You know, it's if he's even if he's calling 60, 70 percent of the plays, he's still calling majority of the plays, and you still, like I said, you still have to put your players in the best opportunity to execute and win games and finish in third, average, um, and then in total points and then second in total yards. I think, and personally, I think that speaks volumes, but maybe that's just me. The, the man has two Super Bowl rings. I mean, that's another thing, like, to put on his resume. Like, yeah. that's just, I mean, that, what what more needs to be said? Normally, like, when you are when you win a Super Bowl, your whole staff gets poached. That's yeah. a tough part about rebuilding and, 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 and coming back and continually championship chasing is your staff always gets poached. And just the fact that he hasn't had a had a – and then, you know, you hear, you know, LaShawn McCoy um, and people like it say, oh, well, he doesn't call plays and he really doesn't do too much. And it's just weird. I mean, LaShawn, he had his experience uh, with the Chiefs for that one season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they did win a championship. I believe he played one snap in the playoffs. Something like that. Yeah, yeah I don't know. he didn't do too much. Yeah, One snap. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, especially as a former running backs coach, um, it seems kind of a little personal with yeah. LaShawn and Bienemy because it seems like every every year Bienemy doesn't get hired. LaShawn has goes on like a victory lap. It, it, it's weird, but it's also not reflective of what the other people in the building say. Right? Um, did you see that athletic article um, that came out? Uh, uh, I didn't. No. So they were talking about how the Eagles, I think, four they scored two of their touchdowns on the exact same play, but they scored. Yeah. Um, four total touchdowns, I believe, in motion with, with with having motion. Yeah, and that was let me let me read you a quote from it. This is from Chad Henney, who's the backup QB, yeah. who's <laughs> your backup QBs are like your assistant assistant OCs, right? Right, right. So he's talking about the enemy. Put it on tape and said, "Hey, like if they do this, this guy is wide open. It's man coverage. Yeah, they're just trying to protect themselves from the jet sweep and bubble over the top and get an extra player on the other side of the field." But we faked the jet twice, and they didn't figure it out, right? So that's Bienemy looking at something on film, identifying a weakness, and turning that into points in the biggest game, yeah. right? So I think they have four touchdowns with motion. But if you just want to say, like, using the exact same play twice and getting Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony in the end zone untouched, right? Like, that's 14 points in a Super Bowl, that was a three-point Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, so I'm really confused at what we're really saying here. Like that's active. That that's like something you can actively see him, you know, contributing to this Chiefs team, seeing something on film, and then the coach who he identified a weakness with his defense, exploited his defense on the biggest stage. That coach went and got a job. Yeah. The um. The Jonathan player, Gannon. He's yeah. gonna be uh the the Arizona new Cardinals, Cardinals coach. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it just I I don't like I said it doesn't. The facts don't. Whenever I hear any, you know, pushback about him getting jobs, it just doesn't add up when you put it in the light. Right. And uh, you talk about 
you know, Kadarius Tony, he got traded from the New York Giants, which as a Giants fan, I'm still pretty sick about. <laughs> uh, first round pick and you don't use him. Yeah. Um, but that also, I think, speaks to Eric Bieniemy and what he can do and what he can, uh, what he sees in players and how he can fit them on the field because he did more for Kadarius Tony in, you know, minimal games than the Giants could do for him in the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, now he has the record for the longest punt return in Super Bowl history. He scored a touchdown on the biggest stage. And now when it comes to contract time, they're going to want to resign him. He's highly talked about in the locker room. Um, Travis Kelsey said on that uh, on the New Heights podcast with him and Jason that mm-hmm. he's one of the smartest guys in the building. You know, they assumed that he was going to be a problem because usually when you're traded, you know, as a first-round pick, usually you come with some type of baggage. And Travis said, no, there's nothing like that. So that just shows Eric Benjamin, he can take what he has and – you know, he make lemons with lemonade. Mm-hmm. Make make lemonade with lemons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, what receivers was Patrick Mahomes throwing to at the end of that Bengals game? I mean, like, Marquez, uh, Valdez Scanling, and I think Justin Watson, yeah. and like, uh, one of those guys that Tampa didn't want anymore. So, it's like, I'm, I'm not sure. If you want to credit everything to Andy Reid, I mean, I guess, I guess go ahead, but that's just not historically how anything's ever been done, right? Like, when Matt Patricia was up for a head coaching job of Detroit, nobody said, oh, well, I mean, his head coach is Bill Belichick, who's the, considered the greatest defensive right. line in football, right? right. Uh, same with, you know, Brian. Uh, you know, I mean, you just have so many different – if you're a coach and you're coming up against a, with a great head coach, that normally doesn't stop you from getting a job that right. did, Mike McDaniel's coming up under Sean McVay if anybody sneezes around Sean McVay they get a job these yeah. days right like yeah. so or Kyle Shanahan you know Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan are definitely the proprietors the owners the play callers of their offenses mm-hmm. but the people around them still get jobs because mm-hmm. people recognize that there goes a there's a lot that goes into building a successful offense. Yeah. And yeah. so to credit everything that Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, that's fine if you want to do that. But that's just not historically how teams have hired at all. Right. 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 Um, I mean, like you said, we see Jeff Saturday. He's coaching. He's on his couch one, one, one I mean, one day. And then the same week, he's, he, he's playing the Raiders on Sunday, right? And, yeah. I mean, I guess Josh McDaniels, you know, we got to talk about him losing that game. But, um, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a Patriots fan. You're a Giants fan. They hired Joe Judge. Yeah. And it's not like our special teams was winning us games. I mean, it's special teams. Like, yeah. it's, it's not like our we don't have, like, a, you know, we haven't for a little bit had, like, an extremely special, you know, like, quote-unquote special teams. So, I didn't understand the Joe Judge hire either. So, I, I just don't know why we're putting all this criteria. You, you have to be office coordinator. You have to call plays. You got to do this. You got to do it. Like, and it's like, half of these guys, most of these guys that get hired don't fit that criteria. Yeah. And, you know, two things to learn from that. So the argument can be made that, okay, so Brian Dable was with the Bills, um, and then he got hired by New York Giants to turn the whole program around, got him to the first uh, playoff since, uh, I believe it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can make the argument, could Eric Bieniemy not do the same thing? Does he not have the mindset or the, the talent to do, you know, what, he, what uh, Dable did with the Giants? And you make the argument, or people are making the argument, okay, you're coming up under Andy Reid. And Andy Reid's doing most everything and stuff like that. Wouldn't you want a guy who's under such a great mind like Andy Reid because he's learning from the best? And then once he goes out and does his own thing, he will take and implement what he learned from one of the best coaches to ever coach in the NFL. And then he's going to make that his own. 
And I don't know if people assume that, okay, he's not doing anything, so therefore he's not going to know what to do. I mean, there there's a such thing called film study. There's such thing called mental reps. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, that's like saying an athlete who's injured when he goes to practice and he's not playing, he's not getting better. I mean, you mentally being better, mentally knowing what's going on, is going to do nothing but help you translate it when you get back on the field. So Absolutely. it's the same thing with an assistant coach. If you're learning under a great head coach and he's telling you things, teaching you things for, you know, all of 10 years, and now you go and we hope that he got a head coaching job. Obviously, we know he didn't. If he was to get a head coaching job this year, like why, why wouldn't he do a good job? Yeah, yeah beat, beat, beats me. I mean, like, like you said. I mean, and to you know further that point, Andy Reid has always big up uh, yeah. Bienemy and and gave him his credit. And this is a guy he's he's been grooming Bienemy to be a head coach for a couple of years. Like he's been surprised these last couple of years that Bienemy's even been back. Yeah. So this is a guy like if you put a mic in front of Andy Reid's face, he'll. He'll he'll speak glowingly about him, and he'll advocate that he should be a head coach in in, in the league. Um, and I mean, you know, other than uh, well, I mean, there, there's always hires that you know make me scratch my head. And I mean, I don't even want to really focus on those. It's just a matter of, you know, there's just no, there's no other coach with his resume, yeah. you know, assistant with his resume, and it's just absolutely ridiculous that. You know, he he didn't he didn't he's not gonna get a job. You know, I mean, with with, with all due respect to Jonathan Gannon, the DC of the Eagles, what are we doing here? I mean, like, so 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 if we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about roster talent, are you serious? Like, go go through and just look at the depth chart of that Eagles defense. It was stacked. I mean, first rounders all over the defensive line. Don't even know who into. It. Then you get Domkansu. You get you get uh, um, who's the guy who came from the Robert, Robert Quinn. Quinn. He had twenty sacks last year. Hassan Reddick from the Panthers. You, 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 for some reason, the Eagles can pay everybody, so they get so they get the DB. Um, who held Juju there? Uh, uh, they, uh, Bradbury. They get Bradbury from the Giants. You get C.J. Garner Johnson from the Saints. Who the Saints wanted? I mean, these are two Pro Bowl level players that that you added without giving up anything. You, you draft Jordan Davis, the and, and the best off ball linebacker who's behind him, who who won who won the best linebacker award in college at Georgia with him. And Nicole uh, Dean. Yeah, and and so you have a defense with on paper zero weaknesses so it's like if we can look at that and say okay well i mean the dc still has to put it together right and so thus he got a job i'm not here to say he didn't earn that job but i'm gonna say like if we're talking about roster talent is why we're not earning jobs that's that that doesn't make sense yeah that doesn't make sense because one could one could make the same argument and say anybody could have did what Jonathan Gannon did. And another argument: Why would you watch the Super Bowl and be like that? That would be one of the coach that I would want. You know, who got exploited on the on the biggest stage. Yeah. It's not like Patrick Mahomes had. I mean, he, he's great. Don't get me wrong; he's the best we've seen in a very long time. But it's not like he had a vintage Patrick Mahomes like four hundred yard day, like where he was he was you know breaking tackles and, and bombing it down the field like. They're very methodical in their yeah. in their in their offense and methodically killing the Eagles. Yeah. So I I just just confusing. That's all you can say. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes 182 yards, three touchdowns, and uh, I don't know if you saw, but Brian Dawkins actually went on record to say that he would hate 
um, to have played for that Eagles defensive coordinator um, because really? he just he didn't make adjustments. Like, why why is your defense that good? Why do you have so much talent and you don't have a single sack in, in, a, a, Super in Bowl? a Super Bowl? Yeah, like that just that makes you question things because it's like, what are you what are you doing? Are you not adjusting? Are you putting the wrong people in? Because the Chiefs' offensive line, I mean, they're good. Mm-hmm. They have a good offensive line. Mm-hmm. You know, Definitely. they got. Orlando Brown, they got uh, the center um, from, I can't think of his name right now. but uh, Joe Tooney. Um, Tooney, yeah. So they got a solid offense line, but with that firepower that you have on defense, you should have at least one sack. At Super least. Bowl, at least. Especially when Patrick Mahomes can barely run because he has a bum ankle. Mm-hmm. I mean, you should have at least one. And so that's what Brian Dawkins was saying. Like, there's no adjustments made. And he said he, he expects everybody to go one-on-one and, you know, beat their man and do their job, but... You know, if that's not working and you're going to the second half and you're not getting any pressure, throw some stunts in there, throw some slants in there, you know, get some uh, weak side blitzes in there or something like that. Mm-hmm, and that mm-hmm. just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. So for a defensive coordinator with that type of firepower to not show up on the biggest stage and then immediately go and get a head coaching job, I mean, like, what what does that what does that say about you know him? What does that say about the Car- Cardinals organization? Who are they looking at? For the job, I mean, we know about this Cardinals organization. We we know we know about Cliff Kingsborough. You know, they, I mean, um, he's fired from a college level and then gets hired in the NFL. I mean, you 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 do your you do your um your goodwill hire right, and you hire Steve Wilkes yeah. to a garbage team with a rookie Josh Rosen and Mike Lennon as your quarterback. Josh Rosen, arguably the worst quarterback to ever come to the NFL. So he rightfully goes three and thirteen, right? Yeah. As yeah. best you could ask for with those two quarterbacks. Yeah. And like going to like JJ Nelson and Larry Fitzgerald <laughs> on his last leg. Right? So <laughs> he goes three and thirteen, they fire him. Yeah. And of course, th- this is another thing about just black hiring in general. Like we don't get put in positions to succeed. So when we don't succeed, you get fired. Yeah. And that's what I'm worried about the enemy. So if you take the Steve Wilkes case, I can't even go Steve Wilkes this year, but Steve Wilkes that year, so you you go three and thirteen, you get fired. The guy who got fired from college comes in, gets a team with a bu- loaded cap space because obviously the Cardinals were tanking that year. Yeah. Um, and the first overall draft pick. Yeah. Who they got Kyler Murray with? Uh huh. Yeah. And then Lovey Smith. I mean, no, no. I mean, shout out to uh, D'Amico Ryan who got the job. He deserves yeah. it. So, yeah. so. But Lovey Smith, same way. He got hired. When Deshaun left, like there's no, there's no room, and then he he gets fired after not conceding. Like you know, you, you you give him wood and expect him to make steak out of it. I I don't I don't really I don't I don't I don't really understand that. Even if you look at Steve Wilkes this year, I, I thought you know um, who's that uh, coach from Baylor who was uh, um, uh, the Panthers uh, coach? Terrible. terrible. Um, I I don't know why I can't think of his name right, right now. But Matt hey, Rule. Matt Rule. Matt Rule. Mm-hmm. So Rule gets fired and. Uh, Wilkes takes over, and if you keep up with Panthers football, don't know why any normal person would, but you know, obviously we live, uh, you know, North Carolina, so yeah. you know, I keep up with them. And the, but the Panthers started balling. Yeah, they 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 started balling with 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 Sam Darnold at quarterback. Yeah. So like, and then traded Robbie Anderson for a bag of chips mm-hmm. and a, a Coke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then traded Christian McCaffrey, but they were they were they were competing. Yeah, and the the team, the front office is actively trying to lose, but the teams are competing around, around Steve Wilkes, and uh, you know, of course, they, they they don't bring him back. We'll we'll see how that works out for them, uh, but it just goes overall to just show you just the type of opportunities that black coaches get when they even do get opportunities. They're they're not they're not good ones. Yeah, 
Yeah, they're definitely put in. They're definitely put in positions to fail. Right. Um, and they're expected to do a lot more than another coach. I mean, like Cliff Cliff Kingsbury and Matt Rule. Why were they there multiple years? I mean, they just they didn't put out a good effort. They they didn't do anything good on paper, really, besides mm-hmm. drafting uh, Colin Murray. But even then, and and trading for uh, Hollywood Brown, but they still couldn't put anything together. I mean, I firmly believe that, you know, J.J. Watt retired prematurely because he was just so sick and tired of the organization. For sure. I mean, he was still doing really well. He was still in his prime. I mean, he's 33 years old, and even though, yeah, in football years that you're getting up there, I think he still had, you know, two, three years left. No, if he's He's on a winning team, he's still playing football. Yeah. Yeah, he's at least a mentor in the locker room. I think, like, um, I mean, Cliff – and Matt Rule, respectfully. Matt Rule, the quarterbacks that he cycled through, and I don't have this pulled up, so I don't have the laundry list of the yeah. things he's done with that quarterback position. Going to Teddy Bridge, trading for Teddy Bridge, then trading for Sam Donald, then bringing Cam in for a little bit, then about Baker and Baker, PJ Walker. PJ Walker. Yeah. I mean, and then like the patience that the Panthers have with them. I thought I thought Matt Rule should have been fired last offseason. Like I was I was surprised yeah. he got that far. Yeah. From 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 his quarterback decision make decision making. Uh Cliff Kingsbury. I mean, you openly see Kyler Murray yelling at him, going at him, and you see the offense is not working. Receivers are in the same area on routes. Even Kyler Murray's in his post game press conference is going up there talking about, yeah, you know, we're just our passing game is just, you know, our route combination. You remember that post game? Mm-hmm. He said like schematically he said they're effed up, quote. Yeah. What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you got you got DeAndre Hopkins as your number one, and AJ Green as your number two. Two Hall of Fame receivers who could easily be number ones in either team playing on the same team. And you know that rookie they had this past year, Trey McBride, who kind of came into his own um, once Zach Ertz got hurt. You have all this firepower on offense. You know James Conner at running back, and you're four and twelve. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't want to give Kyler Murray a pass, but um, he did get hurt. He he did. He tore his ACL. I I mean, I you gotta. I guess you gotta. You know, cut them some slack that way Mm-mm, because they do the same thing every year. They start off uh, doing good. Every Clinsbury year, they start off doing well. Then Kyler gets hurt, or something happens down the stretch where they just stop playing. And I, I they made it to the playoff once, embarrass themselves, and like yeah. So like yeah. it's just kind of the formula and. I don't know. The Cardinals as a franchise, we'll see. Because their decisions to even pay Kyler in the first place, I, I, was, yeah. I was scratching. Gave, him, gave him a bag. Meanwhile, so. Lamar is still waiting for his money, who's actually won an MVP. And, yeah. You know, actually. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and that's a, that's a, that's that's a separate like, subject. That's for a separate definitely a conversation for another time. <laughs> uh, so, reeling it back to Eric Bien-Ami, so Okay, so he's going to the Commanders. He has a uh, quote-unquote updated title as assistant head coach um, to Ron Rivera. And, you know, offensive coordinator. So we have to assume that he's going to have sole responsibility of calling plays. Mm-hmm. Um, and whatever the assistant head coach looks like, I mean, I don't really know what all that's going to entail. But at, so on a scale of 1 to 10, I mean, how likely is Eric Bieniemy to go into this system with Taylor Heineke and Sam Howell at quarterback? You have pretty good receivers in Terry Lauren. Um, and then Jahan Dawson, who was a rookie last year, Curtis Samuel, um, and Curtis Samuel. Mm-hmm. But like that, that quarterback 
room just really isn't Mm-mm. i mean it, it's, it's just not good let's Mm-mm. put it that way it's just not good i mean taylor Heineke showed a lot of flashes the past couple of years when he played um i remember that one year against i believe it was the patriots he did really well almost won the game for him um but tampa i mean too in the playoffs and, and he, he showed out and yes against tampa too uh-huh, yeah uh-huh. um but like you need more than just flashes from a guy to be consistently good and so with Bianchi going in, like, you know, yes, like I said earlier, you have to put – you have to know your personnel and put them in the best position to succeed. So he has to go in there and he has a lot of work to do. But if it doesn't work out, is it him or is it the personnel? And that's something you got to you know, really ask yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, um, if we're talking about a division with Dak, Jalen Hurts, um, and uh, Daniel Jones, who I, you know me, I'm not, I'm not high on Daniel Jones, yeah. but I'm high on Brian Dable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, you're going in there with the first, the, with the, with the worst quarterback, um, the, the worst, the worst, the worst quarterback position, um, unless if they plan on making a move uh, in, in the draft, which um, I doubt. Yeah, I doubt. Um, the only quarterbacks I, I'll, I'll say are head and above improvements over the ones they have are. Um, Bryce Young and uh, C.J. Stroud, who I think will be gone. Yeah, definitely, um, definitely. Will Levis will be gone too, but because of height, because of yeah, you know, yeah. separate subject for a separate day. Yeah. But but overall, the Commanders, their situation doesn't look great on offense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll see if he could turn it around. I, I think it's a great hire for them, but it's just also like, what is he supposed to coach? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you can't. You there's only so much you can. You know, you you could do as a coach. There's no, there's no offense successful offensive coach who without great great players. You know yeah. what I mean. Even Brian Dable, we we all universally said that he turned nothing into something. Yeah. But I mean, Saquon really had a great year. He, like, Sa- he they rode Saquon to to victory this uh, year. They uh, definitely absolutely. Did. And there's just no, there's no Saquon on that team. Mm-mm. I mean, your best player needs a good needs a quarterback to get him the Terry ball. McLaurin, yeah. yeah. So. Um, I don't know, and but I, I I do know this: if he doesn't succeed, that his haters, you know, will, yeah, they'll come yeah. out the woodwork. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's gonna be a lot of noise um, if he doesn't succeed, and I mean, I don't think he could do any worse than what they did. I mean, they can't. They finished last in the division. Um, I don't remember the last time they've been in the playoffs, but I think I think people are expecting him to you know, be in a role, or if he was to become a head coach, I think people are expecting, like, oh, okay, then he better go, like, 12-5, and five, or he mm-hmm. better go, like, 13-4. and four. And I don't think we've ever seen that from any coach. Right. You know, unless you talk about a college coach who goes from one school to, like, Alabama or something like that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, college football, is there's such a, you know, drop-off between talent between conferences, and it's easier to do that. But in the NFL, like, your worst players are still, you know, your best players. For sure, for sure. So, I mean... It's it's going to be tricky for him, um, but I think it's it's unfortunate and it's kind of sad that he feels that I assume that he feels that he has to go take this position in order to make a case to get a head coaching job. But I think he's just I think he's setting himself up. I think he should have stayed with the Chiefs and waited another year. But at the same time, it's it's hard to make the argument because he's been there five years and doing you know, three Super Bowls. In four years, two wins, and you know nobody's even looking his way, and now he's doing this, hoping somebody looks his way. But now people, like you said, if he does bad, then that's it. Right. So it's 
No, you're you're exactly right. Like I did, I'm sure. I mean, I, I don't know. I, you know, obviously, I don't know him personally, but I'm sure. You know, if I'm an offensive coach, I do not want to leave Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, he probably feels as if, what can I do next year? Right. Yeah. What What more can I do? Yeah. You know, in this Chiefs position, he's very much like a a pigeonholed position to where he feels you know no room for growth. As far as if teams aren't hiring him now for the Chiefs, like. When will they? Yeah. When, when you know two Super Bowl rings for an offensive coordinator? Like when? When, when will they? Yeah. Um, you know, and once again, like that Super Bowl was, uh, I, I felt like a display where Eric Bieniemy really and Andy Reid, to, to be fair, really took advantage of the Eagles' coaching. Um, so it's just strange. Like if he's not getting any calls from this, he probably was like, okay, I gotta, yeah. you know, I gotta switch it up yeah. and, and 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 do something else. Um, I just wish, I just hope when we're revisiting this conversation um, next offseason that we evaluate the season, in keeping in mind the parts that he's working with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so. um, and you also got to look at, and I think you also got to look at the Chiefs and what their offense does next year. So they finished first in uh, total yards this year. And like I said, he averaged second in total yards and third in total points in the five years he was offensive coordinator. So, obviously, they have a lot of firepower with Patrick Mahomes and uh, Travis Kelsey and, you know, Sky Moore. McCole Harmon, who's a free agent, they probably going to want to bring him back. But if they don't, I mean, they still have decent receivers. Kadarius Tony. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's, you know, like I said, another story for another day. But uh, so what if the Chiefs go next year and they drop to 10th in total points and 10th in total yards? Does that mean that... Patty Mahomes got worse? Does that mean Travis Kelsey got butterfingers? Or does that mean that they're not being set up to really play how they know how to play? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And I think that's something you got to look at too. And I think it's going to be a rude awakening, honestly, in Kansas City when, like, obviously Patrick Mahomes is still going to be good. He's a generational quarterback. He's probably the closest thing that we've seen is probably, you know, a lot for me saying this, but it's probably the closest we've seen at this age to Tom Brady mm-hmm. when he was at this age. So I think that's something we got to, you know, keep an eye on and just see, like, okay, what happens in Kansas City, but also what happens in, you know, in Washington. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep, de- definitely. Um, I mean, I, I think um, the Chiefs would have loved to keep him <laughs> another year, but yeah. um, I do think, though, the, the Chiefs have something really good going, so... I don't, I don't, I don't foresee them falling off at all, at all. But I don't think that's a indictment on the enemy at all. I just think they kind of got this machine rolling at this point. You know, Patrick Mahomes and, and Travis Kelsey are, you know, they're connected on on, on a different level at this yeah. point, right? Like, yeah. um, so um, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It will be interesting to look and, and see how how different you know the team is, um, but um, I, I I think personally internally. I mean, I, th- I think just from that Super Bowl story you heard, like, I think they'll feel the loss of Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, yeah. And so, do you think that Eric Bieniemy has to make the playoffs in order to prove his case that he can be an NFL head coach? No, I, I, I don't think so. I, I think any competent front office will pull up the tape um, and see how he does a job of getting his best players in positions to win their matchups. Um, but... It doesn't matter what he draws up on that chalkboard, dude. He can't make, you know, you, you can't make Sam Howell throw accurately 30 yards down the field. You know what I'm saying? You're, and you're also, with your quarterback situation, 
you're very limited in the things you can call, right? If you're on one hash and my quarterback uh, is Sam Howell or my quarterback is um, Taylor, Taylor, Heineke. Taylor Heineke, I'm not going to be comfortable without on that other hash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, or, you know, a lot of go balls that shouldn't be 50-50 because Terry McLaurin has a man flat out, flat out beat are going to turn out to be 50-50. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's it's really tough to gauge just by looking at stats and wins and losses. Um, I what I want to see from from the Commanders is an improvement though. Yeah. Um, yeah. From 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 their offense this year, which was uh, putrid. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I do I do expect to see an improvement from him, and I, I will you know hold him to that standard. And I think at, at least he's earned that. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, but playoffs, you know, like I said, <clears> in that division, we'll have to see what happens on the other side of the ball if Chase Young can stay healthy, yada yada. But um, I don't expect the <laughs> the playoffs for the Commanders. Um, yeah. Obviously, we're 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 having we're you know recording this before free agency in the draft, right? So we'll see how all these team, teams change. Um, but if we're we're looking at a lot like the Commanders from last year, you know, if they're able to bring Deron Payne back, I, I, I still don't really see them as a playoff team. To be honest, I think a lot of teams are going to get better in the NFC. Yeah, yeah, it's going to take a lot for them to get to the playoffs, in my opinion. Um, but if you had to make a way too early prediction on the Commanders' record, um, what what would it be? You know, um, if they maintain the same quarterbacks, I unfortunately I I can't see them winning more than more than around five games. You know, about about, about five and thirteen really, um, just because or five and twelve, um, just because of the way their division is set up. Uh, I I I think they're going to be fighting for last place in that division. I think the Giants will get a little better, depending if they're able to keep Saquon. We'll see. Yeah. Um, but boy, I I just don't like the Commanders. Honestly, I don't like their roster setup. I don't like the situation they're in. So I got them sitting around five wins uh, for my way too early prediction for sure. Even though they won eight this year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I think so. What What do you, what do you, what do you think? Uh, I mean, you would hope that you know they can do at least the same as what they did this year and not get worse um, because obviously that's going to make the enemy look bad. Um, but uh, I think, unfortunately, you're probably right. You know, I would say five games, um, definitely no more than nine. Um, I'll probably say like a seven and ten season mm-hmm. for them at best uh, just because the personnel, not because of the coaching, just because of the personnel. Because um, Ron Rivera is a great coach. Um, then they just got another great coach in Eric Bannemi. So, uh, like you said, you got to make sure the defense comes to play as well. Because, I mean, if you're averaging 24 points a game on offense, but you're giving up 28 points a game, mm-hmm. you know, you can't blame the offense on that. Right. Because you know, the offense is coming to play. They're putting up enough points per game to win games. I mm-hmm. mean, you look at Denver Broncos, they average, um, what, 16 points a game Boy, or something that like that. And they were, <laughs> they were yeah. awful. Um, so that was that was another personnel thing as well. You know, mm-hmm. gave Russell Wilson all that money. He just didn't perform. He just said, "Hey, I got more bathrooms in my house than I have passing touchdowns." <laughs> so, uh, but I, I do look forward to seeing what the Commanders do next year and what he brings to the table mm-hmm. for sure. So, looking at it um, at what they brought this year, um, they had the twenty fourth overall offense as far as points per game, the twentieth overall offense as far as yards per game. Um, I will want to see uh, those numbers get better. 
um, yards per play 4.9 uh, which is sounds good but it's not it's 28th in the league yeah. um, you know they, 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 they weren't really too good at you know generating big plays um, converting third downs or red zone scoring you know both are you know bottom third in the league I think um, these are all metrics that I want to see improved mm-hmm. and I think he can improve them right yeah um, you know if, if if you're able to convert you know on third down at a higher rate um, and maybe turn a zero-point drive into a three-point drive, a three-point drive into a seven-point drive. Uh, you can start to turn out some wins to where maybe instead of a five-win season, you're, you're looking at more like nine, you know, mm-hmm. you know, on, on the upper end. Or, you know, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see where it goes from there. Um, but, you know, converting at a higher rate and, and doing things, that could also have a better effect on the defense, you know, not being on the field as much. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think if I was a Commanders fan, I would be excited um, for, for this upcoming season. Um, but from the outside, boy, they, they yeah. have uphill. So we'll, we'll see what the commanders do in the draft and free agency. And hopefully with their cast base, we'll see what they can do and who they can acquire to, you know, help that, you know, struggling offense and probably defense really, mm-hmm. um, just have them, you know, top three, top two team in the NFC East. Because MC East is just getting better. I mean, Jalen Hurst is just getting better. The Eagles are just getting better. Um, Giants are just getting better. Cowboys, I mean, they're gonna be Cowboys at a Cowboys. Yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you know, the, and the Eagles have a lot of people hitting the market. So they're not gonna be able to resign everybody. Um, so they're probably not gonna have that 14 win season again. But uh, they're still gonna be, I think, a, a really good team because they have a lot of young guys and young talent. So uh, NFC East is, you know up for grabs yep yeah that's me yep. so um excited to see what commanders do excited to see what eric bimmy does when he gets in that position mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely and um you know i hope in the future um you know we i hope we don't really run into any more situations like the, i mean i'm, I'm sh- it's pessimistic me i'm sure I'm right sure we will, right, right, but, right yeah boy th- this has been egregious yeah <laughs> with eric yeah yeah, yeah. I think that I think no I, th- I think that's it um like 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 you said I'm I'm excited to see um what their offense looks like um you know with the Chiefs we always hear it's Andy Reid's offense so I want to see Eric Bieniemy's offense yeah. you know full yeah. leash I want to see what that looks like uh, keeping in mind his you know obviously talent um disparity yeah. um, that he's gonna be having from other teams but I'm really excited to show, for him to show what he has and uh, prove us right yeah for sure so. Commanders fans, I think, is looking up for you, for you and uh, NFC East fans, I think, you need to watch out. Um, you know, just put it plainly. So, I think that is it for today's podcast. Uh, we came on here and just wanted to give our thoughts on the Eric Bieniemy situation, and hopefully he does really well. So, we have the offseason to go. We have the combine to look forward to, free agency, and the draft. And then next August, when they hit the field, Eric Bimmy is going to be in that gaudy burgundy instead of that red that everybody loves to see him in. But, you know, with new jobs come new territory, comes new money, and comes new opportunity. So excited to see what he does and excited to see how that turns out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So, again, David, thank you for joining me on today's podcast, for being my other personality to kind of dive into this and really break it down um, and just give your insight on it. So uh, your time is really appreciated. 
and hopefully we, uh, we can do this again in the Definitely. future. Got to, got to. I appreciate you having me, bro. Uh, of course, of mm-hmm. course. So thank you guys for tuning in to today's episode. Until morning, next time. Top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. Hold up.